Ladies and gentlemen, grab your drinks and popcorn. Terry's feature is about to begin. Welcome to Celluloid Codswallop. Hello and welcome to this week's Celluloid Codswallop. And for this week's episode, we have a feast, an auditory feast, when we are going to be discussing and reviewing a DC film. I know, you're shocked. You never expect I'd be doing that. It's just so unusual for me. But Gemma, wisely or unwisely, has let the leash slip and she's letting me do a review of The Batman. But as you know, I mean, I could go on for hours and talk and talk and talk. But I'm not on my own. I have two wonderful guests. They are not strangers to the show. They've been on before. I have the brilliant and talented Jamie Westwood and the brilliant and talented Sean Hughes. So, gentlemen, hello. How are we doing? Hello, sir. Hello. Thank you for letting us take part in your celluloid cod swallop. I am am more than happy to do that. And I'm more happy that you two wonderful people have come on to talk to me about the film. So the big first question is this. Well, it's not a question, it's going to be my opening statement, actually. Are we going to say we've loved it? Is it going to be the experience that Gemma has if she if she was back-to-back three episodes with me, which is bliss and wonderment and happiness? Or is it going to be the feeling that Sean and I get if we sit and watch three episodes of Doctor Who, the new series, where we're not as happy and not as impressed? So, interestingly, which side of the coin are we going to land on? So, the first thing I wanted to ask both of you uh, is... What were, you, what were your memories leading up to this? Because one of the things I had was the fact that obviously we'd had a Batman in the, sh- in, you know, in the fact of the Batman vs. Superman universe with Affleck. It had gone on to Justice League and then there's Zack Snyder's Justice League and uh, the other things he was in. So that was kind of our established Batman. And then suddenly we found out that that wasn't going to happen. Some people were happy, some people were unhappy. And personally, I loved Affleck, thought he was great. Yep. And when they then, you know, because originally what happened is they're going, right, it'll be Affleck, he'll direct, he'll produce, and understandably didn't want to do it. And it was a bit of a sad thing because I remember he'd made a film called Live By Night and he was saying, you know, I spent three years of my life doing this. And all everyone wants to ask me about is the Batman. When's he going to come out? When's that? They don't want to talk about anything else. And he was understandably pretty upset. And then it changed to we were going to be told it'd be Matt Reeves directing it, it'd be him, and then the whole thing fell apart. And we got a new Batman in the shape of Robert Pattinson. So my first thoughts were, what the actual F for Robert Pattinson? But I'm interested. So I want to know what everyone else thought. So, Jamie, what did you think when when you heard it was going to be a whole new Batman? It was a, it's a weird mix of emotions because Matt Reeves is known for making great movies. So I was like, OK, amazing. I'm looking forward to it. And you hear the details of what it's going to be. I'm like, it's going to be dark. It's going to be a new Batman. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. I've looked, but I did enjoy Ben Affleck's Batman. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there was always rumours he doesn't want to do it anymore. And I just think, well, if he doesn't want to do it anymore, then I don't want him to do it because I want someone that's going to put their passion into their character. And when they said Pattinson, I was like, obviously, probably like 90% of the population, ah, sparkly vampire boy. <laughs> it's taken him 20 years. He's finally turned into a bat. 
But when I speak to friends of mine who have seen him do like these films later on in his career, they've said, no, seriously, this dude can act mm-hmm. like ignore the shitty vampire movies. This dude can act. So I just went, tell you what, open mind. Let's 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 see what we get. And then we got that first trailer and I was like, yeah, Battenson's here. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. Sean, what were you thinking at the time? I know you and I had had uh, discussions about this, but what was your your sort of take on this this changeover from the the established idea of you know well I'll I'll go with what I would say Batfleck to to the the, the Battinson <laughs> mode of things. Well, um, to echo what Jamie said, I I really liked Ben Affleck. I thought he was brilliant. Uh, he not only reflected the animated series you know um physically mm. but brought it brought his own as well and that's what i that's what i loved and i was looking forward to seeing you know wh- when we'll see when we'll see um a solo bat bat film but it wasn't to be and you know if he if he didn't want to do it he didn't want to do it so it it did leave a bit of a sour taste in the mouth when we found out that he what he wasn't going to be involved and it was going to be a completely new thing. Um, so yeah, I was I was a bit disappointed, but um, when they said, "Oh, Robert Pattinson's going to be the new Batman," I wasn't sure what to think because yeah, he had that reputation of being the sparkly vampire boy, <laughs> but I I I'd, I'd never seen Twilight, so. Don't. And that did have its fair <laughs> no, share of yeah. <laughs> fandom. Um, so, you know, he was he was obviously very popular. But the only other thing I'd seen him in was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> and he got, he, he was quite, you know, popular in that. And he did show his acting range, but um, I just wasn't sure what to think of Patterson. Uh, and yeah, so until the teaser, I was a bit like, oh, okay. I mean, the, yeah. the thing, the, the problem I had is very similar to kind of what I think probably, well, you both echo the, a large level of the population would have, which is you think Twilight. And unfortunately, yeah. uh, my girlfriend at the time was like, we've got to go and see Twilight. And yeah, it was, uh, it was an experience. Um, 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back am i right (laughs) i don't know i think i blanked out most of it (laughs) but um i think when it comes to other work of his um see i i'm not harry potter fan harry potter is just it's not my bag so that that was never something that would mean anything to me but the, the the other thing that got me with pattinson no offense to the guys that like women seem to really like him now, obviously, I'm a straight male, so I, I don't probably understand the appeal, but he's n- looking at him. He doesn't look like an archetypal, handsome Bruce Wayne sort of guy to me. So on that level of casting, I was a bit thrown by it. Because um, my entire view of uh, of how his interpretation of Batman would be, and I'm going to be honest, leaping head slightly, it was proven right. Is it'd just be some emo, mopey, goth uh, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> which I've got to be honest, I'm happy to say I was proven right. I'm, nobody likes me sight in the dark. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a little bit emo, wasn't he? Bless him. But your parents get killed in an alleyway in front of you. You'd be a happy fellow. Jesus. 
he's a bit he's he's a bit raw in this incarnation. He needs to yeah. be refined. <laughs> he is, but that is what I love about him so much. Obviously, we'll get onto that, but I like the fact that it's planting the seed. Mm, yes. Yeah. No, I'd agree on that. I mean, exactly. Um, I can exactly tell me what you said, which is when the first teaser trail broke, I was like, wow, this is totally, this looks like it has some potential because I honestly was looking at it thinking, this is going to suck. There is no way this would be a good film. It, 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 it's just going to be awful. And the first, well, the trailers in general made me feel better about it. But we've hit that point. So we, we got to all that. So, so the whole film is based on trying to give you a more realistic approach to Batman. Cause I guess if you look at it, you've had like the comic book interpretation, uh, the camp, you know, the campy version with the TV show. You go into the more the comic booky version with, um, the, the Burton verse. We'll ignore the Schumacher stuff cause that's just painfully weird. <laughs> uh, we I got know. the. We got the realistic take of uh, Nolan trying to be really realistic. And then we got kind of going back to the comic book world with what uh, Snyder created. And this went back to a bit more of a realistic uh, tone to the film. So the way the film sort of opened, I, I, I like that as, just, uh, as the way it was. It was it was more going to almost like watching a, a th- maybe a thriller or a detective film. Um, yeah. Very yeah. dark and gritty. Um, and it was something that was, well, just on casting going back before I, you know, one of my wanted things of bounty love the show on this thought is Sean and I had a discussion. I'd like to know what you think about this, Jamie, that a lot of the people who've been cast as Batman, you, there's, there's been a second guessing to casting them. Oh, always. When, yeah. Certainly look at Keaton. Yeah. Keaton. Probably a little. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of a time where some they went, this person's going to be Batman, and everyone went, yeah, this is going to be. Everyone's just like, no, no, thank you, no. But this is this is why I always just wait until I at least see a trailer. Because mm-hmm. like when when it comes to this, the first I'm not f- familiar with Paul Dano whatsoever. But when I saw a picture of him, they're like, he's a Riddler. I was like, he's a Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. we'll see. And I absolutely fucking loved it. So I was like, okay. Until we until we see what they put on the screen, the way I see it is the casting director, the director, they've chose this person for yes. a reason. Yeah. So you just you just have to put your faith in it. Yeah, I remember talking to somebody about the description of the Riddler, and they said he looks more like the Diddler, not the Riddler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which <laughs> just taking a sip of drink, then Christ. <laughs> <laughs> which is unfortunately very true with him, but again. I've got to be honest, when I first saw the Riddler idea, uh, the, the way they designed him, I was thinking, that's just weird. But what I did like is it's basically the Zodiac Killer. It's, yeah. I like it, it. I'm not the biggest fan of the Riddler in general because I just feel like he's Joker-like to me. Yeah. So I was, I like this new reinterpretation of it. Yeah, and it was also this thing. I mean, how did you feel on that, Sean, for, for the just going off, say, the trailer idea of him. Um, of, of Paul Dano's Riddler? Yes, yeah. Um, well, I thought it was very different, certainly. Mm. Um, I honestly expected something a bit more traditional, mm-hmm. you know, in the, you know, sort of, um, I'll always refer to the animated series. Yes. Um, 
or sixties Batman. But um I'd no I'd no idea about the Zodiac killer until you mentioned it, James. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I was I was looking forward to seeing how they do it, but I did have it did make me think of, you know, the villains that we've had in the past, the way the way he was operating, uh, all I'll say is Bane and maybe aspects of Heath Ledger's Joker were in there, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't a bad thing at all, but um, it just goes to show how those interpretations still affect mm-hmm. what we have now, uh, tonally. It, I will just say for anybody who's listening to us at this point, we are going to spoil the hell out of this, so you know, oh, yeah. if you haven't seen it, Mm. Well, it, on your head be it. Uh, I mean, it was like I, you know, I can see what the, you know they the did look on. You know, the idea, idea that he's a bit like looking like she's wearing a gimp mask sort of thing. Um, but for for an opening shot of it, mm. it scared the shit out of me a bit because it's incredibly violent. You know, oh, yeah. for the opening yeah. of the film, and it it really does set the tone. You know, it kind of throws you off. Yes. It being a Batman film, because even though it says in the title card, Batman, those opening few moments, it's a bit like, uh, am I in the right film? Yeah. Uh, Very true. Very true. Do you know what my favourite thing about that opening was, though? The fact that we didn't have to see Thomas and Martha Wayne coming out of a theatre... Yeah, being shot. If I see a pair of pearls be broken once more time in a Batman <laughs> film, I'm just gonna like we know what happened. We've seen it enough times. So in Batman BVS, I thought we're not gonna see it. It's, it's great. This is him when he's older. No, we have a flashback. We found out what happened. As I see, I mean, I, I I do I do agree with you. It was a very it was a nice thing to see a different take on the mm. fact that we 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 had that established. I lo- I mean, I did love the way they did it. Batman vs. Superman, because it was quite different to how we'd seen it done before, but you're right. We'd seen it so many times over and over again. We didn't have to know about it. I guess it adds a bit more intrigue not seeing it. Um, yeah. But the fact that, you know, the, the, the mayor is basically bludgeoned with a carpet, a carpet laying implement. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember, because I was talking to, to, to Sean about this, how, I, well, Sean's exact comment. <laughs> Which I love was how the fuck did he get in there? Yeah. It's so funny. You're watching it and you're like, what? Yeah. And I, you're just like, what? Because he just appeared. And it yeah. is. I did like they took the element. If you think about it, as I mean, as I've said, the, the the Riddler when you look at it, be sort of campy, daft in most other iterations. And in this, other than the fact that he's you know looks like a, a strange sex fiend and he has some <laughs> weird predilection. I mean, sales in Gotham of duct tape with him must be like an all-time high. The fact that, you know, when he's taking, when he's out of commission, the amount of stores that are going to close, going to be economically destroyed. Um, in fact, if the Wayne, if the Wayne uh, you know, billions is built on elements of duct tape sales, wow, Bruce is going to take a hit. Yeah, definitely going to take so a hit. That's how they could have caught him, just gone around yeah. to all the hardware stores. Did anyone just buy all the duct tape you own? <laughs> Uh, that guy. Oh, sorry, that's him. Yeah. Who plays you out? This weird guy. <laughs> this weird guy in a gimp mask brought all of our fucking duct tape. I don't know why. Be over in, it, it over in five minutes. They just have to look up, you know, his, his history. Like duct tape, duct tape, duct tape. 
I think <laughs> all his Amazon purchases. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think the more likely thing also in this universe is that you're going to, I mean, it, skipping ahead slightly on one, one of the kills. Um, when he, you know, the Riddler kills somebody in a, well, he doesn't kill him, but he attacks him in a car and then does his duct tape fetish stuff. I've got to be honest, I remember watching you thinking, I'm pretty sure you'd smell him because he's going to stink with the fair point. The, the costume he wears, he would absolutely, because he'd just be sweating all the time. You, you know, so I get the feeling that outfit's quite loud as well, all that fabric. Like, yeah. If he tries to move, yeah. you know, what the hell was that noise? <laughs> yeah, he'd be crink, yeah, creaking, crinkling. Like you know, because he's got, he's not only got the goggles and the, you know, the, the, the Mac, I'll call mm. it. Um, <laughs> but Mac. <laughs> he's also got cling film wrapped <laughs> to, you know, the, it's like, wrapped round his skull, basically. Yeah. How is he breathing? Interesting. I read an interview. Well, actually, sorry, I watched an interview with Paul Dano where he said he actually did do that for real. But after the first day of filming, he was so close to passing out that he decided that he didn't. He wouldn't continue with it. Okay, I'll <laughs> um, talk about commitment to the craft. Definitely. I mean, uh, going d- looking at like our first introduction of Batman, the fact that he it, it's a very <laughs> much it's a real comic book. Mm. It is following the comic book, and it's following like the year two sort of comic book. And I like the fact that he does the long Halloween a bit, where you have him like having. I mean, for the first time ever, I think we've actually seen Batman narrating his own yes. film. Yes, yes, loved, loved that. Uh, I like that, but it was very, it was very much a point of uh, of defiant. Beautiful, good, fine words. I'll never be narrating my own stuff. I'm stuck on page three. What the hell? Yeah, uh, it's been a very divisive point amongst fans where some people have loved it, others haven't. But I kind of like that. And I like the fact that, well, he was just talking about the trials and tribulations. But the question I'm going to ask both of you, what did you think of our first introduction of the Batman when we first see him in action? Quite frankly, James, I was quite aroused. It was beautiful. <laughs> just that slow walk, the boots, just the lighting. Oh, it looked straight at the fight itself after that. looked straight out of one of the Arkham games. Mm-hmm. Just the I'm vengeance line, just everything. I was just sat in my chair. My knees were going. I was like, yes, this is what I wanted. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> How about you, Sean? Can you top I, uh... what Jamie says or are you going to be disappointed? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm actually going to comment on the people he was beating the living daylights out of. Um, they look very much like the Jokers from uh, Batman Beyond, or at least they were, mm. in, you know, inspired by that design, I should think. Um, and I, I think that added to it. It really did. Um, and I love, I like the fact that this interpretation of Batman is so confident that he can just casually just stroll out of the darkness, you know, in front of a crowd of people who've just got off, you know, a train from, I don't know, setting fire to whatever or robbing whatever, and just going, you know who I am, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> but he just does it so casually, coming out of the dark. You're um, right. 
<laughs> you're right though, because that monologue at the start of the film as well is like we put a light up. That's not to let people know I'm coming. That's to make Dude, sure they're scared. Look at me. I am terrifying. I'm going to kick the shit out of you. I am right. Batman. <laughs> all, all, I, all I have to do is walk. All I have to do is echo. <laughs> See, I, I have a slightly different feel on this, which is I, I'm still very much unsure of what to make of the Batman outfit. Um, what I did find out, what I... Th- and how it never originally occurred to me is that, like, because the cow lost, like, old sort of stitchy marks and what, uh, you know, things in it. We've been used to this point to spoil this idea of an amazingly professional-looking built costume. And when I found out why the cow looks the way it does, it made perfect sense. It's part of a nod towards the Gotham by Gaslight um, graphic novel. Set in the Victorian times, where there's oh. like stitching to it, which also makes a bit of sense about the neck, neck design and things. I'm still not entirely sold on the costume, but I like the fact we did see something a bit different. Like you said, we didn't get the Martha and Thomas getting shot. We didn't get the sort of historical things. We didn't get the usual I'm Batman thing. For his introductory line, it's, you know, I'm vengeance. And it's different. Um, what I still cannot get my head around with this is, so Batman is stealthy, and we see that a lot in the film. He can suddenly go from wearing normal street clothing to, to hide himself, which I thought was a bit weird how he kept changing clothes dead quickly, um, into the costume and, be, and, and, and do that with, with, you know, no real announcement to himself unless he wants to. So the obvious big question is this. So he's scary. He can, excuse me, he can also be quiet, but why does he sound like Robocop? When he's walking towards somebody. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I think that was just more for dramatic effect yes. than the filmmaking side of things. Because <laughs> in the darkness, you hear those boots coming towards you like, I'm fucked. I think it just sounded and looked yeah. really cool. I think that's one of those ones you just have to sort of ignore logic for a minute and yeah. just be like, it's Batman. Come on. Or, or could it yeah. be that there's something that he has built into the costume to make him heavier and louder but you know, you know I'm trying to add an element of like could there be a realistic thing behind that that he does it as you said because he wants to intimidate and scare people Alfred activate intimidation mode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's got one of those things you know what um, what they put outside shops to deter youths but built into the suit and the soles of the boots so as he gets closer he just irritates <laughs> and they're like, ah! Um, but I love, I love the fact that he's got the taser yeah. inside mm-hmm. the the glove, and I just thought that's that's a really cool shot. Yeah, that was brilliant. I mean, that, that was one hell of a good piece of you know tech. I'm going to ask you guys this question because I still cannot recall this. So on the costume, one thing he has is like arrow things on his arms which are like a, a link into some of the reference and a Batman thing, but does he actually ever use them for anything? No. Yeah, He's not to my recollection. Because so. I noticed that because I've watched it twice. Yeah. And a, uh, the yeah. second time I was like, I don't actually remember seeing him ever use those. They look cool as hell, but I don't know what they're supposed to do. Yeah, I think it was maybe, if I remember reading it from what I read, it's supposed to be like some sort of nod towards the Court of Owls in the comics. Uh, a design on their things, and they allegedly may be turning up in in a, a future, uh, you know, f- films. I mean, one of the things that was interesting and kind of makes sense because 
we got the Riddler as the, the main villain, um, is that it would make some sense that he is Zodiac-like, I guess, because he's 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 meant to be this... Well, the Zodiac kind of left clues, and he's doing that. But he's going around with his missions to try and weed out corruption, and he kills the, uh, the mayor. Yep. It's his first victim, and there's all manner of horrible things like chops his thumb off, which... The thumb drive scene. <laughs> thumb drive is fucking yeah. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, when they're searching for stuff and it's like a real thumb drive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the way he just holds the way Batman yeah. just holds the thumb up to Commissioner Gordon and go, eh, eh, yeah. eh, thumb drive. Well, brilliant. you're ahead. You're ahead. You're ahead. Giving him the commissionership because uh, the commissioner in this, I'll bite briefly. Uh, is my buddy Alex Ferns, which was who really <laughs> impressed me in this film. Although he did, uh, he, I felt he should be given more to do. Good old uh, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> do you have Trevor from EastEnders? <laughs> I was like, if he brings out an iron, we're all fucked yeah. up. <laughs> for, for non UK viewers, uh, we can't help you. It'll take far too long to explain. <laughs> the Riddler would steal it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, the sort of thing the Riddler would love is a weapon to bludgeon somebody, wouldn't he? So. <laughs> oh, I'd made a note that he was Trevor from EastEnders because I couldn't believe it was him. And I was like, at least two can know who the fuck I'm on about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's it was the element of like, when, the, when that he's just picking people off. Because obviously, the see, the interesting thing that I liked on this film was the people who were cast in it in reasonably prominent roles were not actually in it for huge amounts of time. You know, Alex Ferns was only in for, what, maybe 10, 15 minutes in total. Mm. Uh, Rupert Penry Jones, I, I couldn't believe how little he was in it. It was like, blink and you miss it. And he was integral to being in it because he had to be, you know, killed in like the first three minutes of the film but he was uh he was very good and he is someone who i've been told if i chop all my hair off again and shape my beard i kind of look like so you know i've got a cosplay <laughs> chance with that one um, i'll just have to find somebody in a gimp costume to do horrible things to me but i'm sure if i pay enough money uh and ask joanne she'll do it nicely for me she's probably um, got the gear already let's be honest. <laughs> um the, now, this could be a bone of contention because uh, he's a fabulous actor yeah. and he's very, very good. But I was a bit underwhelmed, I'm afraid, by the, the Alfred choice for this film. Um, yeah, I kind of felt that. that really? Well, uh, yeah, go on. You tell me what you think, Jamie. I, was just like, I thought he was really good. I don't think, saying that, I don't think we've had a bad Alfred yet. No. Like, I'd we've agree had many different variations of the character. Yes. I don't think there's been a bad one yet. But again, he's, an, he's another one, as I was saying, I feel like it's set in the scene. I think this was mm-hmm. let's get to know like Bruce Wayne and whatnot. And this. I felt sorry for Alfred in this one because up until yes. the bit later on, Bruce Wayne treated him like a piece of shit. I was just like, leave him alone. Mm-hmm. He was there for you after what happened to your parents. Come on. But yeah, no, I thought I thought he did a good job, to be honest. I, I just kind of felt Circus was underused, you know, that he didn't really get to do anything with it. And it was like, he was a throwaway. The thing is that I thought, and I remember because Sean and I discussed the, the rump for this, this film, we were saying how we kind of felt they were trying to copy Gotham, 
with their version of Alfred the Gotham TV series, which I mm. watched a bit of, but it didn't work for me. But I don't know. I just felt that he, he, he was a, it's like they tried to get as many people in this film as they could in part. And Alfred was a real blink, blink and you miss it opportunity to have done more with him. I mean, what was your thought on him, Sean? Um, yeah, I just, I just thought he was, he wasn't in it enough, really. Um, and yeah, um, Bruce Wayne's treatment or sort of apathy towards Alfred was a bit like, oh, this is spoiling the, the, the dream team that we all know and love. But, um, yeah, it's, it just felt like he was there to go, um, you know, tell Bruce off and say, look, focus on your business because, you know, you've got work to do. And then, that was it, and maybe help out with things that develop in the film. I mean, there could, the could be an element of the, his limited use in the film, is because I think he was still in the middle of sorting out Venom 2 when he was, yeah. uh, you know, he was directing that, uh, so he could, possibly, yeah. it, that could be the reason, but, I mean, I was what I did like is, uh, and it, it does chime, obviously, you know, basically this, you know, Bruce Wayne is just some weird goth who's probably sat listening to the cure in the dark going nobody understands me Alfred nobody understands me they all hate me with his eye makeup on and uh no no I, mean, I like the eye makeup oh I did I love that because I think an element of realistic because every other yeah. film we've seen you know mask comes off clean as a whistle uh this one was good. It was realistic. They added that to him. Um, I mean, I do also get the impression, though, with, uh, you know, Pattinson's Bruce Wayne slash Batman that, you know, again, he's another person that would stink to high heaven and you probably would smell him a mile. Uh, I mean, the fact that you but think about it. Come on, guys, let's be realistic here. Alfred does say to him, go and have a shower. <laughs> we saw him after he had a shower. So he did have a shower. Yeah, yeah. So you can't smell that bad. But but going, going back to the relationship thing between Alfred and Bruce, this is where one of the things I think the film needed a bit more was more of that monologue because yes. you you see yeah. things you're like, I think this is what's happening, but you don't know. Because like I had the feeling that maybe he's keeping Alfred at arm's length because he's like, the last people I got close to, my parents, look mm-hmm. what happened. Yeah. I don't want to get close to this man because if I lose him, I, he's all I have left. Mm. So with like, he pushes him away, but that monologue, they could have used that to sort of put that across. Mm-hmm. If, if that makes any sense, what I'm trying to say. No, I, yeah. I totally understand what you mean. No, I totally understand. I, I get it. What you mean with that? It's, uh, did, did you not find it odd though that, so, I mean, I, I think the bit, the, the few moments we saw of Wayne Manor, it was really kind of, you know, fucked up and kooky and weird, which is what you'd expect from, from Wayne Manor. Um, but why do they have a housekeeper? That woman must work her ass off of a house, I think. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wondered, was that supposed to be like a little nod to Batman 66? Because wasn't there like a female that. housekeeper in that? Is. Can't was think of Aunt, her name now. Yeah. Aunt Harriet. Is it the That's Aunt Harriet? It. Aunt thing? Harriet, yeah. yeah. I wondered that. I did wonder that. Um, yeah, because I, I thought that's strange. You know, we, we normally now just see the, the link of Alfred and um, and Bruce. But, yeah, I wonder if it's meant to be a, a, an Aunt Harriet you know, without being Aunt Harriet. With uh, Yeah, it was just odd. But also, you've got to think, you know, would you not wonder that there are, there are sort of strange things going on? Because skipping ahead. So when the Riddler's going after various people and he decides to go after Bruce Wayne, 
because it's found out that, you know, you know as I said, we're going to spoil the, 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 the guts out of this one, that, you know, there's a link to the Waynes that, you know, he was an adopted child, he was an orphan, he it all went horribly wrong for him, and he hates the fact that Bruce, things went right, and he's offing all what he believes are all the corrupt, nasty, horrible people in the city. So he's he the father. Yep, he's targeting the people in the establishment, he's targeting um, members of the crime family uh, who, are, who are responsible for the way things are being run in Gotham. Um, Alfred Clue also doesn't believe in answering a ring telephone. That that means nothing to him in his role as a butler and surrogate father. He will just let that phone ring and ring and ring. But the fact that, you know, Bruce rings up and he's saying to the, the lady who's the housekeeper, you know, something terrible is going to happen. She's like, he already has. I mean, there's no like, if it was me and in my house or at my place of work, a bomb's gone off. I don't think I'd just be like, oh, yeah, something terrible has happened. I'd be like, what the fuck? A bomb's gone off. <laughs> <laughs> Get home now, Master yeah. Bruce. <laughs> Very relaxed. I mean, she whether she's in on the way, <laughs> I didn't put that together so now. Now I think about it. Yeah, a man's potentially been blown up to death, and you're horribly calm. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. It, it makes me think like the Billy Conley joke about you know being a weather forecast person in the UK. You know, going about isobars and metrics and all the pressure and stuff. She's just coming to go fuck it. You know, it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> walk off um, what did you think of some of the gadgets in this because the push was on this film is it's going to be less you know wild and mad gadget lane and we all agree the taser was kick ass for, uh, for, for zapping the bad guys the CCTV contact lenses were awesome yes what a Absolutely. great idea I have to agree it's so new isn't it, it it's so new it, I, and it I makes a lot like of sense. He has he has contacts for for himself when he is in the suit. Yeah. To literally change his eyes, because the first it's thing really you look at is the eyes. Yeah, and it, it it does make a lot of sense. It makes you wonder why we've not seen that sort of thing. Because you think, you know, he would need some sort of recording software. Uh, to keep track of what's going on. Because, like, his computer system in this is not this amazing high-tech sort of setup. I mean, I know the high stuff's uh, very high-tech, but we're not seeing, like, the Batcave supercomputers would be used to it. And on that note, what do you make of the Batcave? Because I don't know how I feel about that. It's it's kind of cool and weird and kooky and goth, but Again, it's what, it's what I was saying earlier. The one thing I loved about this film, which is weird as it sounds, is I like it sets up a lot of things for the future. Yeah. Yes. So you, everyone knows Batman lore. You know he's got this crazy mad cave under his house with all sorts of giant pennies and dinosaurs and all that crap in it. So it's really cool to see this like, this is how this starts. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's got to start from somewhere. This is year two. You know, we know he does this for 20 odd years. You know, it's it's pretty cool to see. Okay. I know it starts here, but that's going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. That was one of the things I loved about this film the most, with a lot of things. But On that it? point, Jamie, that you were saying about this is how it starts, it's kind of like a trend with recent films where we don't see an origin story. We're firmly established in something, and then that's true. Some someone's own take is brought forward like this is it's not a back cave it's it's a a station converted with lots of computers but um 
to jump to possibly jump ahead three films i imagine by the end of this trilogy he will have a cave in place because i think this is in wayne tower isn't it this isn't even in wayne manor yeah possibly not i mean it's it is this i mean I, i like the way that one thing i will say that i absolutely loved with this film is in advance i knew filming locations and i could like spot little parts because you know going to you know we're going to spot but to what for the end of the film there were things that were shot in glasgow there were things like some of the really early scenes which were a which was alex fern's press conference um mm. after the mayor had been killed was shot in london i remember actually seeing shots of that from like the first few days and the stuff in liverpool I blew my mind absolutely blew my mind of what they did to, you know, using the library building as the police building. Um, and that's a scene that I particularly really just loved because it's following on from like there's been, there's been, uh, further issues with the Riddler. Um, and Batman is having to get out of the police station and does that. And when I first saw it, I thought this could be like really shitty because I'd seen clips. Cause one of the things I will note this film for is we seem to see an awful lot of it before it came out uh, in clips and, and, and release stuff. And I almost, and I said to one of my friends, you could almost have taken all that piece it together before and then you probably would have had the crux of the film because it was like just releasing so much stuff. But the shot of him jumping off the top of the liver building, I just thought was phenomenal. It looked amazing. Amazing. And I like the fact, and you, you alluded to the show when we discussed it previously, the fact that, we saw a Batman who wasn't like, say, James Bond, who'll just jump off anything and go, whoa, not a problem. He gets to the top of the live and he's like, whoa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. As I was going back to saying that, um, how it's setting up things for the future and he's learning from his mistakes, the contraption he uses to jump off said building mm-hmm. needs some work, Bruce. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> definitely needs uh, to go back to the drawing board on that one, my friend. The flying squirrel. Yes. <laughs> Bloody awful. Because, <laughs> I mean, the, the building just looked phenomenal. And the fact they also used St. George's Hall for the funeral scenes uh, in Liverpool was just brilliant. But it is this, it's this element of, you know, and you both, I guess, touched on this, of the fact that it's... It is a realistic take, and it is Bruce just, it's the way he does, well, Alfred, he's shunning Alfred, isn't he? And Alfred yeah. even says to him, you need to wear the family cufflinks, you've got to go to this, you've got to be seen at it. And he kind of saying, it'll be a great thing to be at, because it'll, you know, it's, it's a, a, I can learn more. But the cast in this film has been, is brilliant, and the thing that, I think everybody says this, I suspect you'll agree with me, Holy crap, Colin Farrell was good. Oh, incredible. You can't even recognise him. No. <laughs> there's literally nothing in him that that the, would make you think he... It, it, it's, it, it's just, it, you know, it, it, it beggars belief. The voice, the look, everything, nothing about it says it's Colin Farrell. Yeah, it's... I, I literally would not have... You wouldn't have even seen it, but he's, what I did find interesting with the way when we first sort of see, um, Batman dealing with the penguin is, 
in the, in the nightclub, which, to be fair, every, it was a very good scene, but I'm going to be honest, it just made me think of the fight in the nightclub in the dark night. It didn't feel that it was like stupendously different. No, I thought it was very much like that uh, that scene. <laughs> yeah. You know, the same thing of hunting down someone who's the head of a crime crime family. Uh, but it was interesting, and I don't know what you guys would think on this, that because this film definitely set Batman more as a detective than a brawler, and every film has show, tried to show the element of him being the detective, because those he's the world's greatest detective. But the fact he was actually having a conversation, trying to feel the situation out, talking to the Penguin, or Oz, as he's generally known as, was a very different way of doing things. He wasn't, like, at that point, battering to get information. He was just talking to him to try and find stuff out. And I thought it was quite a refreshing way of doing it. Yeah, it was, it was different because he wasn't like all in Batman's face being, I'm a supervillain. He was just like, hey, yeah, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just, I'm just holding a business here. This is my bar. Leave me the fuck alone. It, <laughs> I like, but my one thing I asked, I was saying about how this film sets up a lot for the future. I can't wait to see how they give the penguin the monocle. Yes. Because uh, if it's anything like the new 52 stuff, that's a broken bottle into the eye, which I can't wait to see how they do. But they also won't let him smoke. Yes, I did see that. Which was rather annoying. Just to yeah. me, that's integral to the character. Yeah. I, I did notice, um, you know, when Batman first, like, knocks on the door and the, the, bou- <laughs> the bouncers come in, the twins. The Scarbo <laughs> twins from Desperate Housewives. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's... I, animated series again where they're like yeah like henchmen and are, are always twins <laughs> well it's in the in the batman uh beyond it's the girls isn't it yeah two twins Indeed. there yeah yeah interesting i forgot about that but do you not notice how i mean again that's very comic booky to have him going the way he went to the thing and he's at the door but do you know it's how like they weren't particularly bothered by him <laughs> yeah, there was they were like, almost just like, like fuck <laughs> it, yeah, it'll be fine. And he's just like, he beats the sh- But even, what well, I couldn't get over it when I rewatched this, even the patrons are giving Batman shit when he's going in, like, you know, like, going, who the hell are you sort of thing? And I'd be like, there's this lunatic who's like dressed up in like some weird costume. I think give him a bit of wide berth. <laughs> I love the way he just he doesn't he doesn't march in or he doesn't like strolling purposely. He walks in like any other bloke, but dressed as Batman, he just true. you know just <laughs> true edging through people, you know as you would. You know he doesn't. Well, I know he has that little fight, but up until that, he just walks like any other person. <laughs> I kind of love that at the same time yeah. though. He's like, just like I'm gonna take my time. Yeah, yeah. I'm just one of you. I'm just a person. Just trying to do good for the city. I'm, I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Basically, I'm still learning, yeah. But the one thing that gets me about those twins as well is, obviously, he goes up to them, he's Batman, he's let me in, you know who I am, I want to see the Penguin, blah, blah, blah. And then later on, he comes back, but as Bruce Wayne, his voice sounds exactly the same. How are those two twins going, <laughs> I know this fucker's voice. Wasn't he, he just here a minute ago wearing a mask? exactly the same thing. Yeah, but you've got to think when he comes back later on, that is like the ultimate emo goth moment, isn't it? You know, he just oh, yeah. looks so mopey and miserable. But I just, yeah. well, I, I, it was this whole thing of like, I don't know, I couldn't quite work out what to make of his Bruce Wayne because obviously he's not at the kind of suave playboy image Bruce Wayne yet. The rumour is he may become that in the future. Um, but he was just like, 
he turns up at the funeral and the people seem to can know him but didn't. Um, it was just, yeah, I still couldn't work out his take because people must have some idea who he is, but it's like, does he have any real presence? It seems to be a bit of an odd thing that he re- that people see him out and about. Um, yeah, I couldn't work out that he's taken on, on uh, Bruce Wayne, really. Again, this is what I say about me thinking this is all setting up for the future because for big, he says he says picture. at the start of the film when Alfred's talking to him, he's like, this is my legacy. He's yeah. hyper-focused. I'm going to fix this city. And I think he later on realises I need to put on a front mm. in yeah. order to have that split personality. I think he learns how to be that Bruce Wayne instead of the I'm going to fix this fucking city whether it kills me or not sort of thing as we first see him. This is, like I say, I, it gets me so excited for sequels. This mm-hmm. does. It really does. Because something that surprised me in the film is a lot, because again, I'm still not entirely on the costume. I'm feeling better about it. Um, but it, it, it still doesn't work brilliantly for me. But everyone kept saying, we're going to see, co- we're, we're going to see people. Going, I'm sure we'll see more than one costume in this film, but we didn't. Um, what does surprise me is that, what the hell? Well, what the hell sort of costume is it? Because he can just take machine gun fire. <laughs> he's walks down a hall. He's getting shot at by you know, numerous people, and he just marches through without a problem. What the hell? Whatever that armor is, I want it because bloody hell, it was impressive. Although a shotgun blast at close range seems to really keep the shit out of him, so I'm not entirely sure about that one. Yeah. Um, why does no one ever go for his face? His mouth is yeah, clearly exposed. Good point. Well, even on this one, even more of his face is exposed because they want to show off his, uh, you know, his jawline even more. So yeah, why does that not? Aim for the face. <laughs> but do, clearly, do the he... villains of Gotham are stupid. <laughs> yeah, or just the like some weird unwritten rule. Um, do does anyone ever try and take his mask off? They do. That's what wakes him up. Yes, um, I thought that might be the case. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think what knocked him out now, but yeah, that's oh, it was um, I think it's a bit later on in the film where the DA, he's got the bomb on his neck. You're right, you're right, yeah. Because for some unknown reason, Batman sees that counting down to zero and doesn't move out the way. Mm. But he does do his Robocop <laughs> walk, which makes me laugh when they actually did a mock-up thing where, Ro- where Batman's died uh, and Robocop is going, you know, I, you know, the city must never know their saviour has died. I will become Batman. And someone was saying, yeah, but what they know is like the fact that he's got no agility and just makes a lot of noise when he's walking around. But at least this guy has agility. Um, so the other big bone of contention for people was the vehicles in this, because most of the time, you know, every other time we've seen a Batmobile, it's been some cool, funky tech thing. And I really didn't buy into this car when I first saw it. I bought into it a bit more, but I really did not buy into this vehicle. I just was like, what is this? Some weird muscle car? Is it a, is it like a rollover from the unused Darren Aronofsky year one concept of a muscle car with like an amazing engine? Quite possibly, yes. Uh, I did find it, I mean, it was certainly better when I watched the film than I thought it'd be. I did at yeah. one stage think when he was first trying to use it, it stalled. Unless I thought like that engine, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was the engine doing something. What did you reckon to that, Sean? You know, when it's like that it's getting ready to go. Yeah, it 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 did stall. Yeah. It yeah. like when he tried to rev up, it just it conked <laughs> out. Yeah. And you know, that's very realistic where he's he's probably worked on this for, you know, over two years, months and months. This is it. I've got to chase the penguin. He's like Damn it, not now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I thought he was going to get out and just run at him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I just I, that chase was really well done. Yeah, uh, I like that. Colin Farrell just chews the scenery in that too. Yes. It is beautiful. His New well, York I mean, accent just flies yeah. out. I love the fact they called him Sweetheart as well with the first like. <laughs> your first, <laughs> whoa, Sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, take it, yes, that's it. Take it easy, Sweetheart. <laughs> it's very <laughs> odd. But with the, what you saying with the car, like, the first, like, when I first saw the pictures of it before any of the film came out, I was like, you was like, it does sort of look like a muscle car that just shoves something on the back like a Hot Wheels toy. <laughs> but I like, I did like how it was in the film. It did, it did look and it did sound pretty cool. I was trying to work out though, do you think that was his first outing in the Batmobile? Because you see it earlier in the ah. film in the background on the stilts, like with the cover of it, like he's been working on it. That and then for, made... to, went for him to stall it like he's yeah. like, not used to driving this. That, do you know, I never thought of that, but that makes a lot of sense of why he would stall it. Yeah. Yeah, and he fights with it, doesn't he? Yeah, he's having to fight with a bit in certain scenes where he's chasing the Maserati yeah. that Colin Carroll of the Penguins in. Mostly he's on his motorbike, isn't he? Yeah. When he's when he's not. I couldn't take that bike seriously, the weird, like, just that, like, bit of a, you know, carbon fibre or something that's stuck to look a bit odd on the front of his motorbike. It's, I get he's supposed to have a motorbike, but you think he might look a little cooler than that. <laughs> that just made me laugh, because doesn't he ride that bike as Batman and as Bruce Wayne? I'm like, isn't someone just going to see Bruce Wayne riding <laughs> and see Batman riding and going, that, I'm putting two and two together here. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but you might not be wrong. But as a, on a fellow motorbike, uh, rider in it. What did you think of the other motorbike rider, which is, you know, Catwoman? What did you think of the take on Catwoman? Because again, I was skeptical, but I really did sort of like dig the way, um, you know, Zoe Kravitz played her. You got a lot of cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that line made me laugh so much. <laughs> the one hint of humour in this movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, Very true. Yeah. No, I thought she was great. I genuinely, I think she got that anti-hero sort of mm. pers- across really well. I thought the fact they tried to put the romance in between them already, I wasn't a big mm-hmm. fan of. I was like, this feels a little bit forced. But no, I and I like the fact that instead of in this like leather cat suit like you're used to seeing her, it's a biker suit because she's a biker. Yes. Oh, it's a balaclava thing because she's a cat burglar. It's it's again that setting up the future sort of thing. So I no, I really liked it. I thought they did a really good job with her. I agree. I th- I thought she I thought she was brilliant. Um, and you know that the the line you got a lot of cats. Um, <laughs> the, that that that'll be like that should be the ultimate thing for this film, shouldn't it? Not I'm vengeance, but you've got a lot of cats. <laughs> that will be the, the next fact tagline. She keeps calling Batman vengeance, makes yeah. me laugh so much. Yeah, he's like, I said it once for fuck's sake. Will you let me live yeah. this down? It's like all the criminals keep saying it. Um, but uh, I, I thought her apartment was a lot like Selena Kyle in Returns. So uh, yes, yes. I, I saw and a I, lot of. I, we, I know we didn't see all of it, but you know the 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 tone, the lighting and the fact how it was set out. It was very returned. And I just thought, I see what you're doing. Uh, we also we also did establish that, you know, Bruce Wayne is a dirty pervert who watches her in her underwear. Um 
you know, from from a rooftop, you know, mm. when she's going through in the, the apartment. I just found that quite interesting that he's just some weird voyeur. I mean, I shouldn't be overly surprised, <laughs> really, but not really. <laughs> you know, you know that those that shot of him when he's he's looking through the window where he's just yes. got like a balaclava on, mm-hmm. and he he's like that earlier in the film. Yes. Do you think that was pickup shots from when you know because they're dealing with COVID? After yeah, all, actually, that's yeah, true. Yeah, because so they did maybe, have to halt filming, didn't they? Yeah, so maybe they those scenes were like pickup shots because they couldn't. He couldn't be in the bat suit because he had to have his mouth covered. I never thought of that, but that actually would probably make some sense, really. I mean, I did I find it odd. Like, um, Andy Serkis's role was limited. I don't know. Um, hmm. I mean, the part that I did still find strange is the fact that he'd be walking around in like his baseball cap and other stuff, and then suddenly, instantaneously, he can put the bat suit on, which I know kind of makes sense to the idea that it's a quick change thing, but it's never going to be a quick change outfit. And the other thing is, where's he stashing it all the time? Yeah, it's not like a Spider-Man suit you can keep no. in a backpack, is it? It's quite clunky. Um, Fair enough if he had his car, he could put it in the yeah. but he's on a bike. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, most of the time he's on his bike. I mean, I did. I loved like when <laughs> it just still made me laugh. It's when like the penguins basically taking the piss out of them, out of both uh, Gordon and Batman, calling them complete idiots. Uh, yeah, yeah. Spanish properly. <laughs> it's L, not La, or something like one of those. Yeah. Yeah. That's the worst Spanish I've ever heard. What? <laughs> <laughs> But what I would have loved with that, it's after, I mean, because the scene when the car's been run off the road and you see, again, upside down bat, pretty cool, uh, walking towards the car uh, and you see him just bend down and look into the car. I would have loved to see him actually drag him out the vehicle. But what I think was a really missed opportunity is when the, when he's, you know, he he and Gordon have got um, the penguin. I would have loved to him, like, to have used a scene that was in the Dark Knight uh, Returns comic where they're hanging a guy off a building. Yes. I just think that could have had real impact if he'd like been hanging him off a building or one of like the Joker thugs. That's it just made, a way of it, like it add that seed as to why Penguin hates the Batman so much as well. Yes. Like going further on, you go, he embarrassed me. You know, he hung mm. me off a frigging building. Mm. Instead of he left me chained to a thing and I couldn't walk. Yeah. Although he did he was rather upset about it. Yeah. I also would love I would also love to know what your thoughts were about, um, well, it was a recasting, wasn't it? It was Falcone. Um, no, John Turturro. Yeah, who I just thought was brilliant. I thought Super. it was absolutely, I thought it, I mean, when I first heard the cast, I was like, that guy's going to be good. And they even gave him the, the facial scars, uh, from the, the, uh, long Halloween run. With uh, with Catwoman, and it was a very it was very interesting interplay between those characters. And again, we can spoil it and find out it was a father and daughter dynamic. Uh, but I think because he he isn't physically imposing Chitoro, but he was incredibly good in the role and really got the sleaze element of it down to a T. Things with that character of being a mob boss, you don't necessarily need to have that I'm a big guy sort of thing. That's what henchmen mm. are for. So no, no, I true. I like. Yeah. I'll admit the whole Catwoman being his daughter thing. When I was watching it, I was like, "This feels really pointless, like another added level that's not needed." But I forgot that if memory serves in the Long Halloween, that is what plays out in that. Mm-hmm. From remembering correctly, so I was like, "Oh, fair enough, it does actually happen." But it just seemed like another layer they were adding that really wasn't needed. She had her reasons for getting vengeance if he killed her mom. 
mm. if the, that her friend who was kidnapped and murdered and whatnot, th- there was enough there already. It didn't really seem necessary, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, the other thing I was thinking about Selena, what is it she actually does? Is she like an escort? Is she a... a is she just like some party girl who does drinks and things? I could never quite work out what her non-Catwoman theft job was. Because, like, she's obviously upset because she has, uh, again, it was like conjecture on this. Is the girl who shares a house with her supposed to be a lover? Is he just a friend? You know, cause I in the work com- that out. Yeah, in the comic books, uh, certainly if you look at the the year one run, she's a prostitute. And I couldn't work out this from what she was actually supposed to be. Yeah, I'm not, because I know they say she works on the bar at the ice, iceberg lounge, but mm-hmm. I don't know if she's doing that because of her trying to get to Falcone or is it just mm-hmm. that just so happens to be her job? Mm. What did you reckon to that, Sean? Any, any ideas? Can you, can you shed any light on this one for us? I, I know she said she works at the bar in yeah. the club within the club 44 below. Um, but, but it, from the things she wears and the way she is, she must, you know, do something supplementary. She must mm. do other things to gain her money apart from stealing. Mm. Um, so, and the the person that she was looking for, Annika, is it? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I took that to be a younger sister or sort of an, an adopted, like, person. She's took under her wing. Um... Um, it's because we don't. We am I right? We don't see Annika. We only see it in one scene. Uh, is she? I think because you mentioned this, and I never tweaked it, Sean. Is is she the girl who's at the funeral with Falcone? Who you think is Catwoman? At, well, sorry, you think it's Selena, and then he turns out not to be Selena. No, I think that's just that's Falcone's Some random, right? Sque- yeah. Um, hanger on. Um, but we we only ever hear Annika. Yeah, basically. and that's the sad thing. Yeah, again, the, yeah. Um, yeah. If if she was if she was made a bit more of a presence in there, I think it would have it would have helped to sell that desperation. Like Zoe Kravitz did a great job, mm. but it would have been nice just to have seen a couple of scenes with her to establish that dynamic. So. We'd we we'd be rooting for her uh, yeah. a lot more. Um, it, I mean, you're right. It could be that she is just some sort of flatmate or friend because I know in the year again comic, but going to the year one when she's a prostitute, she has someone who's like a and it, it is in the Dark Knight um, Rises as well. She's got like somebody who's like a she looks after. Yeah. So maybe it is that same kind of setup. But I only wonder because they were making this this. Not a huge thing, but they made a thing of the same that within this film. They'd asked Zoe Kravitz, she was saying, yeah, her take on scene is supposed to be bisexual. And they were saying on a, on like one of these discussions, is that meant to be a lover? Is it meant to be, you know, who, who is this other person she lives with? Um, but yeah, I guess it's never properly explained, which is a, a strange one. If it is um, a lover, I am going to say though, she goes crazy. She's trying to find out what happened. She's emotionally hmm. distraught. And then five minutes later, she's kissing Batman. So she got over that pretty fucking quickly. <laughs> Although, let's be honest, she's kicking the other loving crap out of the, um, the, the, the guy who, who's done it. And I need this tidying up because my brain, even on second watching, couldn't fathom this. So the guy she's battering 
when she's put on the, 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 the bat signal and she's managed to get both Batman and Gordon to turn up. Um, who is the guy she's battering? Is it, It's a police officer, but is it like the guy who's the chief of police or is it somebody else? It's I the got, narcotics person, isn't it? Do you know, I, do you know, I'm the same as James. I couldn't quite figure this one out. There's a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. There's like far too many people. To I believe it's a, co- it's a corrupt cop, isn't it, who yeah. works for Falcone? Yeah, I got that. <laughs> it could be anybody. What I did find a disappointment is the riddle was menacing. It was all this, and they did go with realism on this, but. When the riddle was finally masked and they worked out it was, they went to his, his his like apartment and that and I will say the scene with the bat in the in the, the cage was pretty goddamn cool. Um cool. you know, rats have been eating people, are rats over it, it's horrible and all this stuff. But when the riddle was finally unmasked, he just turned into some weird, I suspect a autistic spectrum guy who was just like having a meltdown. Now I know it was realistic, it made some sense, but I was like, This is gonna be the bad guy? Yeah, that that is where I sort of fell off with the whole Riddler thing was. Yeah. Because what made me laugh is he's the main villain of the movie. Mm. Batman doesn't beat him; he just gives himself up. Yeah. It's like, isn't the whole point in a Batman movie supposed to beat the villain? Okay, fair enough. But yeah, I know what you mean. But obviously, his end thing was he wanted to join sides with Batman. So he was like, "This is who I am. This is what I want to do. Can we be friends?" But yeah, it just felt a bit flat. I don't, I don't really know. It felt like the mask that he puts on mm. was sort of similar to Batman. Like yeah. I put this mask on, I'm a different person. Obviously, with Batman, it's the other way around. He is Batman. Bruce Wayne is his mask psychologically. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what they were trying to get at. But it, I don't know. It just didn't come across that well. To me, it was just this strange thing where he's like in the cell, he's just like going, no, 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 no. And like he's freaking out. And I get, and I, I kind of liked it because it was different, but I was also like, so his entire weird voice stuff turns out to be either some sort of like video thing he's done because you see other videos in where he's like, I mean, it is, you know, where he's talking to like people. They almost turn him into like some weird YouTube personality. He's like, hi, everybody, you know. <laughs> Well, subscribe like to my channel yeah. hit that button so you get notifications every time I'm going to yeah. blow up Gotham that's pretty much what it, it turned into like his voice is a bit more normal and then he's just getting other weird people who feel completely like disenfranchised to do stuff but he almost got sidelined a bit towards the end of the film because it became Falcone, it became the Penguin and I don't know that just sat weird with me it, it wasn't bad but it just seems strange. The riddle had gone from being this threat, and he was a th- real threat, and he was killing people, and he was horrible and violent, to just this guy who just was like having a meltdown all the time. But I will, yeah. the scene where they go into the Riddler's apartment and they're mm-hmm. going for all the stuff, did you wonder if he'd accidentally turned on seven? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Don't you Yeah. laughs> it just reminded me of that film so much that just. Yeah, Yeah, and it it clearly adds to my thing of thinking that basically for for anyone who's around, both Batman and the villains must just stink because I can't imagine (laughs) hygiene is high on the Riddler's uh, agenda. He's got rats everywhere. He's got a bat in uh, a cage and, yeah, disgusting. Um, How did you... 
So, yeah, sorry, go I, on. Say, no, I will no. say, though, as a person who hosts a video podcast, he puts up a background in, in his kitchen where it looks like he's somewhere else because, you know, you don't want to look like that. I did appreciate the Riddler's little setup with his little background in his chair and his video yes. camera. I was like, he'd make a good podcaster one day, Mr. Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> and his weird floor layout yeah. when, when they pulled all the carpet up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did you reckon to that, Sean? Because he... To me, it had been like the, the Riddle had been this impressive threat that we'd never seen before, where he was like the Zodiac, and then he just gets reduced to someone with a lot of social anxiety problems, I'd say, actually, and a misfit. Um, yeah, I, I did think it was a bit like, oh, uh, but we're in the film, we're led, at least the film suggests to us, oh, he's he's worked out who Batman is. I and um, you know and um, mm. with the musical cues and things like that to the Batman, um, but one thing that like confused me is he doesn't. We're led to believe that he knows who Batman is initially, mm. um, every everything almost everything has been addressed to the Batman to yes. the Batman. And then he leads, uh, the Riddler leads Batman to the old orphanage and says, you know, oh, it's to do with the Waynes. And says, like, you know, this is, um, you know, uh, Martha Wayne. She was in and out of institutions. She's related to the Arkhams. That, I don't know if that was meant to, suggest oh god he knows who who batman is he's bruce wayne but we just find out when he confronts him in the cell that he just repeats it like a mantra because he's so upset about bruce wayne's um upbringing and the fact that he had such a great life and he didn't because he has a different definition of to what an orphan is um, but it kind of the way the way he was saying it, um, it kind of put me in mind of oh he knows who it is, but he's not going to say anything because he just wants to keep it keep it between him and Batman to say like I know who you are, but I won't say anything. But he's only repeating Bruce Wayne because he's had this really sort of mounting anger for. Mm-hmm. 20 odd years um were you gonna were you gonna say something jamie so i was just gonna say i I think as well the part where he's sort of because obviously he's saying batman i want you to join me in less words and keeps saying bruce wayne to you as the audience like he knows who it is he knows he's bruce wayne Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's sort of like that's the one person i wanted to kill who i missed my mission failed yeah didn't kill bruce wayne and And i kind of liked that yeah. His eyes behind the glass when he's like, oh, so you don't know who I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, Batman wants to go, oh, fuck, fuck for that. <laughs> it was a very good tension scene. So you saw him looking at like the CCTV and he's thinking, oh, God, you know, sort of thing, what's going to happen? It is the part that when I watched the trailer, I actually found myself laughing at where he punches the glass. And he's going, what have you done? And I just, because in the trailer, his voice just sounded really weird. And I'm like, really, this is Batman? <laughs> yeah, like, you've got... <laughs> full-on christian bale here now calm down yeah because the only thing that i did have a little bit of an, a problem with 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 the when you looked at him 
when he was back, you know, that's Batman, and it's just, and I get it because it's year two. He seemed very young and very slight, mm. Mm. Um, which I get. There's certain scenes where he looked more bulky than others. Um, what I did like is that as the the film moved on, and like you know, it, it's because you know. Riddler's got his weird army of fucking kooky misfits dressed up like him going around shooting at people and, and the, the levees are burst and the chaos is happening. Is that one point when Batman is he's taking the shotgun blast to the chest, he's badly hurt and Catwoman is getting battered. He shoots himself up with a mysterious substance to, you know, give himself a, a, a boost of energy. Now, we know our comic books between us. Are we thinking it's Venom? It's yes. got to be. It's green. It's got to yeah. be. <laughs> I like the fact they don't say, because like, for the people that don't know, they're like, oh, it must be adrenaline. That's, yeah. that's all it is. But for the people who are in the know, like, oh, I know what's coming. Because obviously Venom started just as a drug before it yes. was even introduced as to like the Bane thing. Yeah, which he does take. And that's how we see it, don't we, in the comics. Uh, nerd alert for those listening, but you knew what you were getting into. Um, in the comics, there is a, a burst where, you know, Batman does actually take Venom because he's concerned that he hasn't had enough strength to save a child. Uh, and he shows him getting addicted to it. So, yeah, I think that was a good little nod they did there. Um, and one of the interesting things is we're getting towards all the film, uh, towards the end of the film, and I'm not going to spoil it for people because I do want them to watch it, is there was a huge, massive point of conversation amongst people in the first series. What is the thing on his chest? It doesn't look like the normal bat symbol. Is it the guns that killed his parents that have been, you know, it's been turned into a chest symbol, like something Kevin Smith did in one of his comics? Could it be that? Oh, I Could love it be that this? Idea. Uh, and I was, was I happy with what, what it turned out to be? It was practical. It was kind of cool. I also kicked myself for not realizing it <laughs> early once you realized what it was. But it was like a cutting tool, wasn't it? It was a weapon of sorts. Um, yeah. I think it was kind of good. I liked it. It was different. I don't know. What did you guys think of it? Um, similar to you, I liked it. I thought it was clever. It's practical. It's there for him to, if he needs it. But at the same time, I liked the idea of it being the gun that was melted down in his chest, reminding himself why he does <laughs> what he does. So I kind of was like, oh, but at the same time, hmm, makes sense. <laughs> it's a bit. Of, I was a bit torn on that one. Yeah, I um, I I quite liked it. Uh, it was it was practical. Uh, it didn't have any ears, which I was a bit concerned about. Um, uh, but it's it, it's like what you say, Jamie. He's he's we- he's wearing his his vow on his chest, which is you know a good a good symbol, really. Mm. Um. But he, does he only use this once or maybe? Yeah, he does. Just he does. Yeah, he uses it once because obviously everything's getting flooded, which I think is probably a bit of a nod towards the No Man's Land run um, because the, obviously all the levees are broken and having to do with that. And to st- is he right? So, guys, I'm going to have to throw myself at your mercy because my COVID right, memory is not any good and it's not any good at the best of times anyway. Um is he cutting through that thing to stop there being like an electrical fire or something or some huge explosion? Because all the water's flooded. I believe, yeah, because yeah. as soon as that thing hits the water, if it's got an electrical current through it, everyone that's in that water is gone. Yep. So if he cuts it, he cuts off that flow. So, yeah, he basically sort of sacrificing himself in case it all goes wrong. But, yeah, basically it's saving people. 
I do I do like the bit when you know when he's dangling off the gantry mm-hmm. and, and he's all the all the riddle all the riddler followers are firing at him. He spots the gas canister. Yes. I think that was badass. The idea yeah. for the pellets, you know, to for a quick escape. So he shoots at that and then jumps up and they're like, Oh God, where is he? And he's yeah. he's doing the vroom, vroom, Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Like, that was badass. But I like the idea of him doing that and then thinking, Hey, gas canisters <laughs> to cover yeah, where yeah. I'm going. That's a fucking good idea. Well, the the, the canister's a bit big, but if I had pellets. <laughs> now, the thing that saddened me is sort of like the end of it, because the you know the thing of him going, I've got to be. I think you you may have different views from this, but it was a bit like you know he's going, I've got to be a symbol, I've got to be this, I've got to be that. I got it because he's big push throughout the film as being a symbol of, you know, fear and vengeance and whatnot. Yeah. And like he's helping, you know, he's covered in all the mud and stuff and he's helping them get to a, a chopper and he like holding hands of the woman and stuff. That just fell flat with me. It, I was like, but it's Batman. You're supposed to be scaring in the dark. You're not meant to be like, you know, out in the daylight going, hi, yeah. I think uh, Kevin Smith summed up this best in his review of his week. Batman is not supposed to be a symbol of hope. He's supposed to be a symbol of you really fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. But I get what they're trying to say. I think this, the the third act, this whole flood bit sort of fell a bit flat for me. We've got the Riddler, but we need to do a big ending. What can we do? Uh, Blow up the dam. Sure. That'll do. It's a Oh God, what do we do? What do we do? (laughs) It's like, there's no final boss battle in this yeah. movie it's it's literally just that that fell a bit flat for me but i, I see what they're trying to do because obviously the start of the film when he first appears that guy who he saves he's like don't hurt me don't hurt me so they're trying to show at the end of the film no i'm a symbol of hope i'm here for the people of gotham but i don't know it just didn't quite work because mm. the like the old film mass that person who's going out vengeance and he's obviously Batman's having some sort of weird existential crisis moment, probably. Ooh, is that as, you know, is it really worked sort of thing? I'm a, I'm a symbol of hope. And I just, I've got to arrange that. Some of the major points where I was like, okay, whatever. Symbol of hope. You're out in the daylight. You're covered in mud. Um, it looked yeah. visually stunning, though. You're yeah, covered yeah. in the mud, yeah. carrying that yeah. kid on his back. Oh, cinematic wise, it looked stunning. I mean, there were, because there were elements, like, again, I keep saying it, but I'm not entirely sold on the costume, but there are elements where the, the mask looked incredibly comic book accurate. I was like, holy shit, this is good. Other times I just was like, yeah, this ain't, ain't working for me. But the whole final shot of him with that, when he's looking up at the, the, the chopper thing was also a bit of a letdown for me, because as you said, Jamie, visually it looked stunning, and I was hoping it'd be from something a bit more impactful and, than just that. I mean, it, yeah, it just it did. It fell flat. I mean, we, uh, we did you have a similar thought on that, Sean? We, uh, did you, or you might have been like, this this is a great ending. I, you know, how um, did you feel? Well, after after watching it again, um, the whole thing where he drops down and he saves the people and he's holding up the torch to be like, you know, the light in the darkness, literally, to take them to safety. Um, I quite like. What'd you say, Jamie? I was saying I didn't. I didn't put that together. Like light in the dark. Mm. That's really symbolic. I like that. And it, yeah. And um, I just thought uh, when when he did that, 
I just thought, as as you say, Jamie, he's learned from his mistake and he's come full circle, literally, and thought he's, like we were saying earlier, he's sowing the seeds to improve on what he's doing. He's, he's building towards, and the first step is to reassure the people that, you know, he's not, he's, he's not, um, who are not criminals that he's, he's not a symbol of fear to them, Mm. but he's a symbol of fear to the ones who, you know, inspire fear in a criminal sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I can see that's where they're going. He just did not, I don't know. There's something about it that didn't work for me, but Mm. Obviously, then it then goes on to him and Catwoman together, and you know she's trying to persuade him. This is the Glasgow. Well, I'm going to refer to this as the Glasgow shot because it's through the. <laughs> well, it is, it is literally the Glasgow is, yeah. shot because it's through Glasgow um, Cemetery. But there, where she starts saying, "You know, come with me, etc." And they end up riding away from each other. And now it's interesting. Yet again, we've had we don't get a happy ending for him, really, do we? Because if you think back to Batman Returns. There was never a happy ending with Catwoman there. It was him stuck on his own again. He's going to have to carry on with this constant crusade of loneliness, even though he may have thought he had a potential friend and an ally and romance with, with Selena, um, who doesn't obviously believe in uh, having a secret identity at all because she just calls Selena all the time by him. Um, Shouldn't have left her post lying around in the flat. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. But uh, yeah, I did. Th- I mean, I liked that ending. I thought there was, the, and I liked. I did find it odd that he was in the in the the light so much and so visible. But I, that I could accept. Uh, did you guys enjoy that? Or did he, I thought could, it was nice because it didn't close the chapter, but it also at the yes. same time it was like they're not going to go off into the sunset together. This isn't how it ends for them. But mm-hmm. they'll convene again in the future. Yeah. Doesn't she say she's going to like Bloodhaven or something? Good, yeah, and that's true. And I like that. You know, links to the uh, the other, you know, the 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 extending universe because that's probably where Nightwing, who is, you know, a salty tadpole probably at this point. Um, <laughs> you know, yes, listeners, I love you, and yes, you are, you know what you are referenced to. Um, so yeah, he'll end up there at some point in the future in Bloodhaven, but he is probably just a salty tadpole at this point. But uh, what did you what did you think to it, Sean? You, were you impressed? Were you as cynical as uh, I am about it? Well, I liked I like the little final scene where she's trying to convince him to come with her, um, but obviously it wasn't meant to be. I think it was kind of to visually symbolise the sort of like will they won't they Catwoman. Batman thing of you know we've got a future without masks you know um, but I'd, I do like the fact that they rode off together but mm-hmm. it's just when he says Selena take care of yourself I didn't expect them to you know ride together mm. same actually was like take care of yourself okay so now we're just going to stay next to each other for another 10 minutes <laughs> after I've already said our goodbyes yeah <laughs> uh, and yet, you know, Batman is destined to go back to his his cave uh, and or whatever, and just sit and listen to you know, pray the Smiths and the Cure in darkness with his depression and miserableness. Um, so the big letdown for me though was, and it's it, yeah, it just did it, to me. It was lazy. Was the Riddler in in the in his cell with his pal, talking to his pal, and to me it. 
it was lazy because the setup was clearly he was talking to the Joker. And I get that it's it's a great tease for people. It, I mean, they're doing the the, 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 new, the, new, the thing that Marvel always do, which is we'll tease something else with it, we'll show something, and fans will have a fangasm and be happy. But I didn't feel there was a need to have anything f- for the Joker in this. You know, it's... It, 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 up to that point, it had been markedly different because everything at the moment seems to always be hung on the Joker. You know, Ledger, Leto. It's it's got to be something. There's going to be some link to the Joker. I felt they could have done better with not having that. Apparently, there was a more of a scene that got I'd heard cut. that. Yeah, I, I did re- hear what was in it now, but it's slipping my mind, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, apparently there was a lot more to this Joker role in it. It felt like one of those. It was fan service. Let's do it. Everyone loves Joker. Yeah. You know, let's do it, but it wasn't needed. It could yeah. have easily not happened. I would be quite happy with a scene of Paul Dano sat in his cell just talking to himself, going slightly more crazy. Yeah. I think that would have added more to the character, but. It pro- yeah, I think it would have done it. Or they could have linked him into somebody like, say, the Calendar Man or, you know, Victor Zaz, someone who was a bit more in his sort of like wacky wavelength. Well, you know, Victor Zaz is a complete lunatic. Well, I guess the Riddle was a, lo- a violent I lunatic think- in this, so. But Batman's got such a huge rogues gallery. Yes. I understand doing the Riddler or something like that for the first one because you want a big name. You're like, holy shit, it's the Riddler. You know, mm. you don't want to be like, here's our first villain, Man Thing or un- <laughs> Man Bat. No, no. Give him cra- no, no, go, go, go really out there, Jamie. Crazy quilt. Yeah, Clayface. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I, I get that. But use some of those other rogues gallery. I know there's that rumor they're doing an Arkham TV series spinning off this. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, hoping yeah. they'll use that to go for some of those older rogues gallery, but I wouldn't touch the Joker just yet. No, I wouldn't have done. People are still wanting a sequel to, um, why is his name completely escaped me? The one with Leto? No, not that one. The other one. Whacking Phoenix. People are still wanting a sequel to that one. See, I don't see how that'll work though. I honestly can't. I I think to make a sequel to the Joker, because it isn't, you know, the, the Joker, it's something with extreme, Issues and it may all be. I think more likely it's on his head. I think it's just going to ruin things. I think it's it, it is a sequel that he's not required. No, I don't um, think it needs one. But people are pining for one, so it'll probably happen. He made yeah, enough true. money. <laughs> yeah, they'll throw enough money at him yeah. and go. Ah, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, I'll just not eat for you know, months and months on end, and it'll be and, fine. And again, Justice League. They've just had the Jared Leto Joker. Whether you like him or don't like him, regardless, he was there. We've yeah. had a Joker recently. Yes. Let's let's let the character breathe for a bit. Let's look at some of those other rogues gallery. And I I love Leto as the Joker. A lot of people think, but I think he was no, I, fair, I think he was really uh, really good. So, what did you think for this for the the way they ended it, Sean? Um, I I agree with both of you. I think we should give the Joker a rest. Um. He wasn't needed, like, in that scene. Uh, but it was nice to establish that world to say, yes, he is in there, but, you know, just leave it at that. But what I would have loved, as to agree with you, to see more of the rogues gallery, what would have been nice if, I assume we're going to have three, is to tease our further two villains. And can I, can I speculate what we might have? Most certainly. Yes, please. Um, I thought it would be nice to have Poison Ivy in there, maybe a voice, or you just see a rose, and then mm. we do, we see this rose freeze like a 
a gust of frost just overwhelms it and just shatters it. And we know who that is. You just want Batman and Robin again, don't you, Sean? That's all it is. You want Batman and Robin again. <laughs> oh, gosh. I've probably subconsciously done that. Done that. I still see you. <laughs> what, what killed the Riddler? <laughs> but, no, I, I honestly would have loved, if they wanted to do that Rose Gallery thing, is you have Paul Downer Riddler sat on his bunk, talking to himself, doing whatever, and pan out and just see names on doors yes or just yes. initials yes. just something just so you know there is a big world there's a lot of characters we're going to play with in this universe mm. just you fucking wait yeah you know, cells upon cells yeah yeah that's we, we could have had like loads of cells and it just gets faster and faster and faster to say like you know there's loads of people out there but as a you know a sort of clever cinematic shot um but yeah, it's we we've got loads to pick from. I, I now, would love to see a Mister Freeze in this universe. I think they yeah. could do something really, really good. Do you think? Do you think they do like a serial killer thing again with Mister Freeze, or do you think they'd go a bit more fantastic if they if they could? As long as long as I don't go with the Gotham approach, I'll be mm. happy. <laughs> I think it'll be tough because they they tried to stick with a level of realism with this film. It's what whether they completely put it put it on its head and try to go comic book. Do you think the way Schneider did it, it was just comic book? It's what the comic book would be. So the news will probably get to that transplanting it. Um, and this wanted to go back to being realistic. And one of the things, the problems I had with this film is um, it kind of felt like stuff we'd seen before a bit. You know, this idea of trying to make it a bit more realistic. We kind of seen that already with Nolan stuff. Um, so I. I'd be interested to well, to say I'd be interested to use a course of policy and say I want to know what did you make of it? What did you think of this film? So Jamie, I've, I have a rough idea what Sean's going to say, but Jamie, I've heard your views on parts of the film. But I want to know what was your overriding view? Were you happy with it? Were you, was, was there anything you'd want to improve? So the reason I wanted to see it twice is because I have this horrible, horrible habit of when I leave a cinema of having heart like just tinted rose glasses like mm-hmm. oh my god that was the greatest thing ever which was the way i was when i left the cinema but when re-watching it like it's not a perfect film don't get me wrong and the reasons the complaints i'm seeing are like oh he's not bruce wayne enough i can see an argument against all of it by saying just wait it's mm-hmm. year two but like i said the ending fell flat for me I could see what they were trying to do, but I think it just felt, but I can't help but wonder if that was Matt Reeves or if that was the studio going, no, we need something more spectacular. Go back, go back. Um, but no, I was very, I was very happy with it. I absolutely loved it. I'm so excited for the future of this franchise to see what they're going to do with it. I really liked it. I, I like the fact that it was dark. I liked the fact that, you know, it was a detective story. He's the world's greatest detective. And do you know what he did in this film? He was a detective and I yeah. loved it. It made me very happy. I can see why there's comparisons to the Nolan verse because of the seriousness of it. But I think they'll be able to find a good middle ground, whereas Nolan was like strict serious. Mm-hmm. I like to think they're going to be able to find some sort of middle ground where it can be serious, but also get some of that more fantastical element into it. Sean, over to you. Yeah, um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, I, 
I do like the grittiness of it, and I thought that was established really well. I think it, we've had the best looking Gotham in the films in this one. Mm. Um, and I like the fact that we've had, you know, a really raw year two Batman who doesn't really know who he is yet and mm-hmm. makes mistakes. Um, you know, doesn't doesn't realise it until the the degree. Um and I'm I'm just looking forward to see what they do with it. I, I do I do think that the ending was a bit like uh copied from other films and it would have been better to have have it sort of wrap up where the Riddler gives himself up. Um, and maybe they could have done something more with that. But overall, yeah, I, I thought it was good. I really enjoyed it. See, when I look at it, I also think that just interesting, we were both talking about the way it kind of ended. I looked at it thinking it almost could be standalone. It could have just, that yeah. could be it. it they, they may have been hedging the bets and thought that, but this really falls flat. Um, it, It'll stand. It'll work as a standalone piece. Uh, I've seen it twice, and I'm going to stick with the first thing that I said to to Sean uh, when I'd first ever seen it, which was just this. I thought it was okay. It's not set. My, I, it's not set my world on fire. On the second viewing, I thought it was a lot better than I knew, originally thought it was. Um, Pattinson was better than I expected because I'm going to be honest. When I first was looking at stuff, I just kept thinking this will. Will will not be good. It's going to be awful. It, that's all I can say. It was okay. It was good. It it it's not like I'm a person who watched Batman versus Superman. I remember watching it at the cinema, and I was there with my friend Ben, and he just nudged me, gave me a thumbs up, and we're like, "Yeah, we loved it." You know, I love Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, I actually jokingly said this film was terrible. I would just stick Batman versus Superman Ultimate Edition and Zack Snyder's Justice League on to clean my palate. Um, <laughs> But people who've been sent to greatest film ever, I'm just like, did we see the same film? Because it might just be me. I, I I I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. Don't get me wrong, because I thought I'd absolutely de- detest it. And I'll probably, maybe when I watch it again, like it more. It's not having the same impact on me that No Time to Die had, which is, I was just like, I honestly came to the end of No Time to Die and went, what the fuck? Um which created interesting responses from the people around me. And I've not rewatched it. Um, I'll turn out, I tell like I watched it once and I've never felt the need to rewatch it. It just did not, it's not produced a reaction in me that makes me want to watch it again. This one I'll probably will watch a few times and enjoy and I may grow to love it, but I'm not like, I'm not like, uh, you know, Reeves, it's the second coming. I'm just not seeing that. If you took off that ending and it ended around when Paul Dano gives himself up, I honestly would put it up there top tier Batman movies. I loved it so much. Just that fucking ending just You're right. Yeah. Killed it for me. I can't even say killed it for me, I still loved the movie and there was parts of that ending I really enjoyed. It's just that's not how you ended a film. You are right on that being probably the better cutoff point. It would have worked better. Um, it's a bit like, and I mean, I'm known going back to saying it, but when you watch Batman versus Superman, I always think they, they should have cut it off at the ending of either the point when it goes to Superman's monument when the, with the candles, 
or the point basically when Bruce and Diane at the funeral and he's saying, you know, like, I've just got this feeling and he could have ended it there and then it would have been a great way to end the film. Much yeah. more impact. Um, with this one, yeah, I'm, I suspect some of the, there'll be a sequel at some point. It has been doing well, made a lot of money. Um, so I'm going to ask the question I always ask, which is, and if Joanne was here, she'd give me a mark out of 10, even though I asked for a very specific mark out of five. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I go, that's great, Joanne. Out of five. Um, so, Jamie, what would you give this out of five? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say three and a half. Because, no, no, I don't do halves. I'm going to give it a four. Because even though I didn't like the ending, there was enough there that I did like for me mm-hmm. to still really, really like this film. Yeah, I'd give it a four as well. Um, I... There are elements of it that I really like. Um, I think when I come to watch it in fair, the ones I'll probably like even more. Uh, I'll give it a three, but what I will give a complete five out of five is the score, which I think the yes. score was absolutely brilliant. Something um, in the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought the score, and it was also a point that you made, Sean, that I never twigged until rewatching it, which is when uh, the for background music, when um, Falcone's been arrested, it's real Batman Returns uh, mm. score vibe, which I just really, really dig. It's possibly intentional because they've got loads of links to other things. So, uh, yeah, I I will rewatch as I'm sure we all will, and we'll probably dig it even more again. Who knows? It might raise my needle of happiness uh, on that one. Um, so I would say we have definitely been talking enough celluloid codswell for this episode. So I'm just going to say uh, to you both guys, thank you so much for doing this. I've really, really enjoyed this. It's been entertaining, amusing, and thought-provoking for me. Uh, if we are, lo- if if any of the wonderful salty tapos are looking to reach out to either of you, uh, not in a weird riddler, creepy, pervy, diddler <laughs> way, uh, how can they get hold of you? Uh, the easiest way to find me is go to www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com and you will find links to all our socials, YouTube, you name it. Come check out my wonderful show, me and my co-host Tom do. We speak to people from all over the world, all sorts of different backgrounds. It's uh, definitely one to check out. This week we have Nell Campbell from the Rocky Horror Picture Show coming on. So it's great <laughs> to toot my own horn. Wow. <laughs> um, I am on instagram at sean hughes 13 i'm also on twitter at sean sean t hughes um i've also got a youtube channel called whovian 903 where i do a couple of impressions mainly doctor who ones and uh, i'm also involved with uh, other youtubers in doctor who projects as well so look out for those if you'd like to Okay, and as you know, you can find me through the Talking Codswell podcast. You can also find me on James the Voice, uh, Stafford on Twitter. Uh, and I will just say thank you once again, gentlemen, for a wonderful time. We've been talking so like Codswell. Uh, so I am James. I've been Sean. And I've been Jamie. Have a good one, guys and gals. Speak to you later. <laughs> <laughs>